Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Rhyme. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. What's poppin'? Kristen, mm-hmm. it's a Wednesday that we're recording. Mm-hmm. It's also two days from my birthday. Period. I'll be 28. How do you feel? Um, Big as hell. <laughs> but I'm excited and I'm happy. And yeah, I'll be 33 weeks tomorrow yay so not only are you 33 weeks this week your birthday month is this well your birthday is this week Mm -hmm. a lot of things are happening it's exciting Mm -hmm. so we're happy to be back with you guys per the usual this week's case is pretty interesting i found it most interesting because we have so much audio from the killer and so much of his own words behind what happened that i think you guys are really going to enjoy it so i'm excited let's just get started okay let's get into it but first i want to say you guys for everyone who has been on this pregnancy journey with us (laughs) thank you for coming isn't it crazy that we knew kayla before she was huge and she was pregnant yes and now she's about to be a whole mom freaking me out okay (laughs) i'm ready okay let's get started last week we talked about an aspiring actress whose life was cut short by an evil vindictive man This week, we will be talking about an aspiring actor who, instead of dedicating his life to his dream, decided to end the lives of four innocent people under the guise of a pre-existing bloodlust he'd always had. So join us as we discuss the psychopathic murderer, Eamon Presley. Oop. Mm -hmm. I think it's pronounced Eamon, but sounds like Hyman. I want to vomit. So let's just do Eamon. Okay. Eamon. Mm-hmm. Eamon Lovely Presley. I lied immediately. Eamon Lavelle Presley <laughs> was born sometime in 1980 in Chicago, Illinois. Kristen, what do you have for us this week in regards to black history? Okay, y'all. I'm back with a black history. Kayla, every time you say Kristen, it gives me like PTSD. Okay, sorry. Um, Too much pressure. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. I'm here for it today. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about Billy Blanks. Mm. And for y'all who don't know who Billy Blanks is, he's the dude who basically created Tybo. Wow. Period. You remember being in the living room, mm-hmm. doing your Tybo with your moms or your dads? That bald ass man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chocolate ball, gumdrop. Mm-hmm. Period. <laughs> Billy Blanks is a ninth degree black belt, which at this point we're recognizing him as a grandmaster. Ooh. Don't play with Grandmaster Banks. Wow. Okay. Not only did he do the Tybo series and really became a beloved household figure mm-hmm. through those tapes. He also was a celebrity personal trainer. Mm. He's gotten a lot of movie actresses and actors together through his program. Wow. And he's a man of God, y'all. He wants to inspire people to get their lives together through health and fitness. Yeah. And that, that will actually trickle over into your relationship with God. Okay. I, love, 
I love that. That's why mom loved him so much back then. Because you know mom was the type of person to like love you if you were Christian. Oh my God. <laughs> and she loved her and Billy Blanks. Loved her and Billy Blanks. We had what? A lot of his tapes. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Billy Blanks. You are awesome. You Not only are you dedicated, you have faith. We respect you. We don't know what else you got going on. Oh, he's still but, kicking. Huh? He's still kicking. Yeah, he's still alive. Wow. Right now, I think he is a... Um, main host on celebrity sweat what so he's still like kicking he still makes tybo videos on his youtube channel he's 85 he's not 85 i think he's in his 70s Wow. i think he's in his 70s or his late 60s impressive shout out to billy blanks shout out to billy blanks show thank you sister so much for that trip down black history lane you're welcome okay back to amen so amen he was mostly raised by his mother, Osina Presley. His father was pretty uninvolved in his life. Um, the couple had met in college, but it didn't work out. Eamon's, mm-hmm. Eamon's dad had already had like a bunch of other kids, and so he just basically chose to have those responsibilities instead of adding Eamon. Dang! By college? I know. But it was a different time. You were <laughs> Papa was a rolling stone. I was surprised to hear they were in college. No shade. <laughs> Kayla. What? Shade. Okay. Anyway, so his mom raised him and she took him to the south side of Chicago for a majority of his young life. And it was an area called Wild Hundreds. Okay, I know some of our Chicagoans. The Wild Hundreds. Know about this place. So it's basically like an area where all the streets started with the number 100. Mm -hmm. And he lived on 113th. Okay. But I can tell by this picture and by what I've heard about south side, it may not have been the best area. Sorry. Kayla. I imagine a Chicago hot dog right now with a pickle and some tomatoes on it. Ooh, but anyway, yeah. Tomatoes? That's you mean mustard? No, they put tomatoes on the side, a pickle, mm-hmm. some onions. I've never seen that. And before. a sesame seed bun. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. May not have been the best place to grow up for Amen. I agree. His mother was obviously a single parent, and that meant she was gone a lot because she had to work and provide for them. So, Eamon was basically left to his own devices, mm. or vices, however the saying is said. Ooh. But his vices were basically everything and anything illegal. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he dropped out of school very young. He got involved in a gang, then started selling drugs, carrying guns, committed armed robberies, just everything. And this is at the age of 12 years old. I mean, if your parents aren't raising you, the streets are going to raise you. Absolutely. And this is everything that I'm not just assuming this. This wasn't research. Eamon said this out of his own mouth. And if you want to hear more from him, you can go listen to a recent interview he did with Phil Chalmers on the show Where the Bodies Are Buried. It's a podcast. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Um, It's season two, episode eight, but I am going to include some clips later in the episode. So just hang on and you'll hear them anyway. Okay. So, yeah, he was doing all this by the age of 12. He didn't even make it to high school at all. He had already dropped out. He was also doing drugs, so he was smoking weed and doing cocaine around this time. Oh, amen. Fucking crazy. Just a hot mess. So, if you're on Patreon, you see him. Obviously, he's not 12 in this picture, but, like, this is who he ends up being. What is it giving, Christy? Mm, It's giving down low mm. and Ooh. no shade no shade but the length of these man's nails how clean <laughs> they are how he's holding this little cup of brandy he got mm-hmm. it's giving a little down low wow well what do we think shit I'm, I'm not even gonna call you a liar because whatever 
But, you know, as long as his nails are clean, <laughs> that's what's important. I ain't mad. And he's sipping on this. But he does like look like he does drugs. No shade. He does. He mm-hmm. does. Not like the fun stuff, you know, like weed and stuff. Like he may be on something heavier mm-hmm. or struggling with some type of issue mm-hmm. that we'll probably get to. Shout out to his little eyebrow cut, though. I remember when we were doing that back in the day. Oh, okay. I did it like, <laughs> I used to do it with my makeup like two months ago. You did? <laughs> <laughs> Kayla was out here looking like a tiger. I was looking good. Anyway. So around 14 is when his mom started to find drugs in his pockets and realized he wasn't going to school at all. Mm. Two years she didn't know that this man wasn't going to school? Maybe she knew earlier, but... Maybe not. Did they even have truancy back then? I don't know. He did say that his mom ended up getting calls from his school saying he wasn't going, but when? At 14? I was about to say, did you switch your number like we did? (laughs) (laughs) Did we provide the wrong number on purpose? Yes, I remember when we went to that office, mm-hmm. Kayla gave them her number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Things you do. So around this time when she was finding out he wasn't going to school, she was like, I need to get him out of here. We got to get in a better environment for him. And she decided to move them to Atlanta. So they visited Atlanta after they had to go there for like a family reunion. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, this seems like a better area for to raise a black man. Basically. Okay. So. That's where they went. Okay. Once he got there, he went to Stone Mountain High School, but was still on his same bullshit for a while. You can take the man out of the hood, but can you take the hood out of the man? No. And especially when you're sitting him right back in just another hood, just in another area. Oh, it was hood? It's not gonna... It's, it wasn't, like, dangerous or sketchy, but you know you can find what you're looking for wherever yeah, you're at. You really can, so. especially in ATO. Right. He was back to skipping school, gangbanging, committing armed robberies. Now he was involved in shootings. Oh, my god! He was just a Un- born criminal. Unhinged. Yeah, he was going crazy. In 1995, somehow, Eamon was even featured in an article about gangs in Atlanta. Kayla, his name? Him, him, him. <laughs> he had just got there. Yeah, girl. He said he'd originally joined a Chicago gang called Folk Nation, but wanted to get out of that life because, quote, I knew it was something I wasn't supposed to be doing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you come to ATL and you ATL. basically doing the same stuff. Right. That's what I'm saying. From an early age, I feel like he was learning how to play people, learning how to look a certain way without looking a certain way. You okay. know what I'm saying? Or he could be a certain way without looking it. So you basically think like he's being manipulative. 110%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in 1995, he's 15. I definitely think that's what he's on. He's already been doing hard drugs and shit. Like, I mean, he's clearly been lying to his mom about not going to school. Mm-hmm. And he's carrying guns. And he's carrying- and robbing people at gunpoint. He's a thugger thugger. Like, come on, Amen. Right. He's kind of cute there. Okay. Yeah, he did both eyebrows this time. (laughs) So despite being featured in this article, he stayed in this gang life and didn't graduate high school, but he did get his GED. Okay, that's good. mm -hmm. When he was 22 years old, he was working at a movie theater and something happened that led to him being fired. But I'll let him tell it. So here's a clip from the interview he did with Phil Chalmers. I was trying to do a good job. I was trying to uh, be a good employee and... I had a clash with one of the managers there, and he got an attitude with me. He kind of got upset, or he got, seemed like he had gotten a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't react well to his aggression. It, it, it triggered aggression in me. Right. So it led to a verbal 
altercation, which led to my being arrested and led to my being fired from that job. Hmm. It had to have been a little more than a verbal altercation if you're getting arrested. arrested. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Kristen, do you believe his his account of what happened? No, Kayla. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he said the truth, but then he also tried to sweep it, like, mm-hmm. make it seem like it wasn't as big of a deal as it was. Or it wasn't really necessarily his fault because whatever the person said was disrespectful or aggressive which we gotta stop doing that because Mm -hmm. nobody told you to put your hands on that person like Mm -hmm. i get it like i he was asking for it but at the same time like you're in control of your emotions right Mm -hmm. so you can't be putting your hands on folks it's a pick your battles type of thing right the keys to staying out of jail (laughs) run your mouth Mm -hmm. but don't throw them hands unless they're thrown first unless they're thrown first Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's how i was feeling before i actually looked into what really happened not just from his account so i was like oh i can relate like somebody said something crazy to you you kind of said something bad it got you you know fired it's fine arrested i don't know fired okay right when i heard arrested i was like, all right let's see what the police report says so the police report from that day apparently said that the incident happened in december of 2002 when he was being fired from the conyers crossing carmike cinema oh wow a lot say that three times won't So he showed his whole ass when he was fired, basically. And the manager even requested that a sheriff's deputy be present while she fired him because she was low-key scared of Eamon and knew he was, quote, prone to violence. Mm, Red flag. Mm -hmm. Now, I was like, okay, maybe she heard stories about him or Mm -hmm. maybe she was overreacting. Right, because corporate people be doing that. uh And they try to paint you out to be like this huge villain when in fact all you did was roll your neck and say a couple of things right and and to this point we don't know if Eamon was being uh what do they call it profiled oh okay 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 we don't know if Eamon was being profiled Mm -hmm. or this was all necessary because he was wilding out right but just a few months later something happened between him and his mother and I want y'all to hear his account of what happened next from his own mouth so listen to this Yes, I would like the whole world to, to, to hear and know about that incident. Yeah. I love my mother. I would kill for my mother. I love my mother. She's the only, I believe my mother, no no one else loves, loves you like your mother. My mother, I took care of my mother, Phil. While I was out committing robberies and shootings at the age of 15, I was coming home, picking my mother up out of the bed, putting my mother in the tub. I was bathing my mother from head to toe. I was washing my mother's private parts. I was feeding my mother. I was cooking for my mother when I was 15. I got drunk one night. I got drunk one night. My mother and I got into an a argument mm-hmm. about me relocating to Los Angeles because I've I, I lived in L.A. So we got into an argument about me relocating to L.A. I was drunk. I grabbed my mother. I roughed her up a little, shook her up a little bit because we were arguing. My mother and I was just her and I. So instead of us being like a mother and son, for a lot of times it was like we were uh, 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 almost like husband and wife or brother and sister because it was always just my mother and I. Mm-hmm. So we got into an argument about me trying to go back to L.A. And I was drunk. I had way too much to drink. I got upset with my mother. I grabbed her. I shook her a little bit. But I did not seriously hurt my mother. And I would never hurt my mother. Okay. I, I did go to jail. I went to jail that night because she went to one of the neighbors because she was she was scared. She didn't understand, wouldn't know what I was going to do. And then they called the police because I went down there. The police got there and I acted a fool with the police. I took police on a high-speed foot chase. Um, I had been in the military, so of course they couldn't catch me. I turned myself in because I knew I, had, I, I knew I was drunk, and mm-hmm. I did three months and got out and tried to do better. 
So do you see, do you hear the psychopathy in that, like the narcissism in that? Like he's always trying to distance himself as far as he can from the horrible aspect of it and backs it with some type of reason that he thinks is, I mean, is good enough. It really sounds like a grown-tailed kid. Mm -hmm. Like, a kid can throw a tantrum and try to put their hands on their mom, you know, and it's not a big deal because your mom's bigger than you. She can slap the sh out you, mm -hmm. you know? And then he said, he admits to the fact of acting a fool with the cops, mm -hmm. and, but it's almost like he was throwing another tantrum, and yep. he knows it. But he wants to point out the good side, but like, this is what I've done, and I'm a good person, I just act out. Right. But it's like, you, I don't know. And Are then you a, a good person? And then, of course, she's drunk, right? So he's going to blame it on him Influence. being drunk. Absolutely. So it's just, it's a no for me, dog. You know what a huge, like, weird flag? When mm. he said that sometimes he feels like his mom and him were more like brother and sister or husband and wife. Right. Like, that's that's concerning to me but as a single i've never been a single parent so yeah. i don't know if there's validity to that you know where you mm -hmm. grow up where it's just your mom and you and so y'all become best friends or and have that connection like sister, yeah sister or brother and sister yeah. but husband and wife is a bit merch. but husband and wife and then he pers or before that said that he was washing her private parts like sir we didn't just know all that is your mom something What's going wrong? on that's what i thought is she, is she super sick right what? or did she do drugs I mean, I don't know those details, but she was a working woman. Like, she, you know, worked a lot. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. And like we know, he likes to misrepresent the truth and throw his own shit in there. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get to what really happened. Okay. Because I'm thinking, as a mom, could I really show my young son my vagina? <laughs> I mean, at a certain age, a like 15 or something like right. that, he doesn't need to be seeing that. He doesn't need to be washing you at any age, to be fair. <laughs> Seeing is it one thing? Washing? Because you know what it takes to wash a vagina. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> no. All right, so let's get to what really happened. According to the statement of witnesses of the April 2003 incident, Eamon was openly threatening to shoot his mother, her friend, and even police officers that arrived at the scene, saying, quote, I'm going to shoot holes in everybody. So. And he considers that acting a fool. But, like, so from somebody else's perspective, you're literally. You're threatening to murder. You're threatening me. their life. Yeah. And you just think that's acting a fool. Right. And according to his own mother, the police were called around 4 a.m. because Eamon had hit, pushed, kicked, and choked her. Kayla. What so is, he he straight up beat his mama up. Yes. Talking about I did not seriously hurt my mom. Yes. You beat her up. Yes. She said, quote, I said something wrong and he just went off on me. That sounds accurate. Turning on your own mother. Like that like, shows you're unhinged. You, there's something deeply wrong with you. And she like literally feared him from when he was a kid, when he started doing all that gangbanging shit, carrying guns, doing all this. You know what I'm saying? Like completely changing who she knew him to be. What would you do? Would you kick your son out? She tried to move him. He did the same sh when she moved him. Well, me and Terrell have talked about this. Yes, you're going to get kicked out on the street. You're not allowed <laughs> back until I recognize you again. Because I can't risk my life because you want to play God, I you know, know. Or, or you want to be big pun or something. But would you, like, admit him into, like, a facility? Is he mentally ill? <laughs> 
Or is he just bad? Well, that's, but um, what if, I don't know. Because right. we don't know about Eamon. Eamon has used drugs. Mm-hmm. and At a some, very young age. At a very young age, mm-hmm. which was definitely doing something to his prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And he was cutting up. Mm-hmm. So are they mutually exclusive? Like, did the drugs induce a mental health? Or was mm-hmm. he just doing drugs? Was he being naughty because he didn't have no mama at home? Mm-hmm. Or did he have something mentally off because he didn't have a father? Or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. Well, at this point in the case, we definitely don't know. We're not sure if he really has mental issues or not. Okay. But yeah, we'll see if we find out later on. Mm -hmm. According to the deputies on the scene, Eamon corroborated his mother's claims, but said that he wasn't responsible for his actions because he was only a product of the environment his parents created for him. Okay, this is not cute. Complete lack of accountability. I don't like that. Because mm-hmm. don't use the research that you just found on YouTube <laughs> or whatever you was doing to, like, excuse your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're doing. And even if you are a product of your environment, right, mm-hmm. you're still making choices that, that you know nobody else wrong. asked you to make. Exactly. That you know are wrong. Your mom didn't even teach you to do this. Right. She just didn't have a hand in what you were doing. So you figured it out from the Negroes on the street mm-hmm. that you were hanging out with. Mm-hmm. He said the fact that his mother would call him the devil and the son of Satan really messed him up and led to his violent personality and behavior. Words have power, mama. You shouldn't have said that. Maybe she was saying it after he was already acting like it. I mean, she probably was because right. she saw it in him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, is that helping, mom? I know. It's a lot. Being a parent is hard. It is. And you don't always say the right thing. No, because you're still human. Yeah. And she was doing it by herself. Right. So she's trying to figure it out. According to a deputy on scene, Eamon wasn't just drunk, though. Quote, Mr. Presley was behaving in a highly tumultuous manner, his arms waving all about, walking in short, quick steps, and shouting obscenities as if trying to wake up the neighborhood. In short, Mr. Presley was acting like he was on drugs, being so violently animated with his gestures. Just a big-ass kid. Yeah. I mean, I can be animated with my gestures, but this isn't after I just threatened to kill my own mother and neighbors so. and you could be animated but i wouldn't sit there and look at you and be like are you on drugs mm-hmm. you know he must have been giving something maybe look in the eye all that stuff something that was like deranged mm-hmm. his mother admitted that she'd known of him to use cocaine in the past but like she hadn't witnessed him use any recently mm. so she don't know girl bye it's not like you know. making the same excuses your son be making for himself she really don't know He was charged with simple assault, obstruction of a law enforcement officer, and making terroristic threats and acts for the incident. And like he said, he only spent three months in fucking jail. Three months. Not enough. And he beat his mother and kicked her and punched her and choked her. But But if she's not pressing charges, what What? more can they do? Mm, Yeah, I guess. I guess they're not going to press it. Because they didn't see it happen. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After the attack on her, Eamon's mother was quoted to have said, I've made excuses for him before, but not anymore. Not now after all this. You do what you can for your child. And I've prayed and prayed for him to straighten up his act. But my prayers aren't being answered. End quote. Mm, that's tough. Yeah, that's heavy. That is. And you feel like a failure. So I feel for his mother. I really do. Oh, mm hmm. Kristen, I literally can't even wait until the end to tell our listeners the deal for this ad this week. What is the key? I'm going to wait, but let's just, yeah, I'm really excited, y'all, because first of all, it's summer. 
we already keep talking about how damn hot it is. We live in Texas, and it was 111 degrees last week. Dry heat, too. And we're not trying to spend any more extra time under no heat, no sun, no oven, no nothing. And HelloFresh has come to help us. Kayla, what are they giving us today? Ciao. First, let me tell you about HelloFresh. If you haven't been listening to any show anywhere on the planet, then you won't know how awesome HelloFresh is, but I'm here to tell you. So basically, HelloFresh sends you pre-portioned ingredients to help cut down on food waste and to make cooking that much quicker for you and easier so basically you telling me they boxing up meals for me to cook (laughs) and sending it my way period Kristen. and you're like you're learning how to become a better cook at the same time you're throwing flavors together you didn't know you could y'all i made like this bruschetta flatbread and then i made like a spinach croissant would have never done that in my free time no but because of hello fresh now i can say i've stuffed and rolled something absolutely so find out why hello fresh is considered america's number one meal kit and visit hellofresh.com slash black true crime 50 and use code black true crime 50 for 50 percent off plus free shipping did y'all hear that they love us so much i'm gonna fucking use it for myself that they've given us 50 percent off plus free shipping insane so again y'all hellofresh.com slash black you crime 50 for 50 percent off and free shipping it's crazy tell me what you cook tell me what you make and yeah i can't wait for mine to get here because it gets here on wednesday period <laughs> all right back to the episode So as you heard, Eamon was headed to L.A., but before he went out there, he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with his life. So he decided to join the Army National Guard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he graduated from basic training, and then he went to AIT training, but that did not go well. What do you mean? According to him, he was being trained to be a welder at the time, but started to suffer from mental health issues. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Which led to him being honorably discharged from the service. Honorable? Yeah. Wow. Mental mental health is, they can't help it. Well, I'm still shocked Mm -hmm. that they were honorably discharged him versus dishonorably discharged him. Mm -hmm. But honorably discharged, okay, first let's let's go back. Mm -hmm. I applaud him for trying to go to the National Guard. Yeah. Get you some discipline. Try to do something. Something. Try to do something with your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you you win. Shit the bed. (laughs) what type of mental health was going on sis right there was no like information that i could find about that especially since the military is going to come out and say it and he didn't Mm -hmm. which kind of makes me question certain things but you know when you're honorably discharged unless they come out and say hey he's lying about what happened there's no way for me to be able to check on that if he's not going to expose it the army damn sure will not they're not they don't give a anything about that no (laughs) So around 19 to 20 years old is when he met the mother of his son. His first son, his name is Jordan Presley. And the couple actually got married, but they didn't stay together for long. I wonder why. Because he was... Cutting up on her too? Uh, Well... What? We don't know. You're the one that said Oh, well, I was about to say, you foreshadowing something? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. I'm not. We're just making assumptions, which are unfair, to be honest. Right. Like, we shouldn't be making those assumptions about people's sexuality. No. Anyway. We shouldn't. No. Based Sorry. on the cut in their eyebrows. And their look in their eyes. And the right. perch of their lips. Yeah. Because he is light-skinned, too, so let's give him a break. Yeah. Sorry. Shouldn't do that to you. You're right. But you be cutting up, so I'm just going to assume they didn't last long because of his anger issues. Right. His attitude problems. And possible mental health issues. That, too, sister. At this point, Eamon has a son he wants to provide for, but no real way of providing. 
until one day he was watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Specifically some of the behind the scenes like bloopers. And he mentioned how much fun they seem to be having. <laughs> let me just let you guys listen to this clip. So uh, I was watching the Will Smith, I think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Will Smith movie. And I was just seeing the behind the scenes footage of how they, you know, all the blooper scenes, how they have fun messing up online. And I was just looking at the fact that, hey, man, these people are getting paid a grip of money. These people are making millions and having fun and living their lives. And I just thought, well, hey, maybe I could try this acting thing out. Maybe I could, that's a, a righteous way of me making some money, a legitimate way of me getting rich and I can get out the street and I can live a good life. I stepped out on faith and I found a, one of Atlanta's top acting schools. I was afforded the opportunity to be able to be seen by a an agent from one of the agencies in Atlanta, Georgia. I was signed with talent and that's where I got my start uh, just little parts small roles doing different things uh, I was afforded a, a, a part on um, playing the role of a purse snatcher on ABC um, on a TV show I'm pretty sure a lot of people in America are familiar with it who's who what would you do after that um I got a small role of playing uh, a customer in a Popeye's chicken commercial after that I landed a it wasn't necessarily a major part but I was just uh, like I made a guest appearance on a, another primetime television show called Tiny and Toya. Girl, you know what? <laughs> this is the only thing I'm going to give Amen. Mm-hmm. It seems like he was actively trying to find his thing, something that was finally going to make him sit his tail down mm-hmm. and do something the legal way. Right. Like, I really wanted to be on his side because after him trying to get into the army, And, you know, that's not an easy thing. Like, that's not just a lackadaisical type of job. So it wasn't that he was, like, a lazy person. Because being an actor kind of, because you saw them having fun, makes it seem like, okay, you're looking for the easiest way to make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like, you really think you're going to be Will Smith? So he was very ambitious, I'll say. And I like that, like, about him. I like that he was a big dreamer. Like, Mm -hmm. he tried to do something tactical and practical. That Mm -hmm. was the army. Mm -hmm. That shit didn't work out. So then he was like, okay, let me do something that's fun. Or takes the pressure off of me to be something I may not be. So let's go into acting. And he got him some gigs. I ain't mad at him. I'm not mad at him. (laughs) He basically goes on to describe how he was in Tiny and Toya for like a second. He said he just happened to be in the right area at the time, but he did go on to star in a low budget movie called Exit. It was a movie about a cop chasing down a drug lord and a short film called Rules that came out in 2009, which was about an unstoppable hitman up against a mob boss and his army. Okay, it kind of sucks that he keeps getting roles that are like Those him niche. being, mm-hmm. yeah, that like mm-hmm. gang banger or robber or that type of thing. Yeah, that kind of sucks. But like, if I don't know if that's what he was choosing or mm-hmm. that's what was being given to him, that's what he was booking. And I think at some point he just started to look for those types of roles because he had a better chance of getting them Mm -hmm. around this time Eamon was also driving a box truck for a produce company in east atlanta to make ends meet and in 2010 when he was 30 he felt he was ready to take his acting career to la okay but he was in for a very rude awakening by the time he got to la Mm -hmm. he quickly learned that getting acting jobs and even just a regular job out there with him being a felon and everything Mm -hmm. wasn't easy So he was forced to live off of his savings. And when that was gone, he went back to his roots. Robin folks. Hot dog it. Just doing what he could. He started selling drugs and started getting arrested for it. And he was eventually put on probation out there. Okay. Eamon's story sucks. Mm -hmm. 
Because here you have a man who, from the outside in, he's trying. Like, he's really freaking trying to do this thing called life. Mm -hmm. Like, the normal way. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just ain't working out for him. Now, did he have to go back to Robin or could he got, right. could have gotten a job at McDonald's? Right. Could he went and tried to learn a trade and then use that? Like, I don't I don't know. But when you have a limited amount of exposure to certain things, your mindset's going to be limited. Yep. I think that's where homeboy was trapped at. Yeah. Eamon said his stay in L.A. was short-lived because after having a conversation with the Beverly Hills agent, he realized that Atlanta was probably a better place for him to be acting at, especially since he kept being cast as like an urban black man. Mm. ATL was better than L.A. Ooh, at the time. That's some real shit. It makes sense. It's not, doesn't, it's not nice, no, but, but it it's makes the sense. truth. Mm-hmm. So he decided to return, but before he did, he had time to have two more kids. He had a girl and a boy before he left. So at this point, he's a father of three with an extensive criminal record, no money, and only real skills he has is breaking the law. Mm, mm, mm. Things aren't looking good. Come on, Eamon. Mm -hmm. When he gets back to Atlanta, he has nowhere to go and is forced to live in a homeless shelter. Oh, come on, Eamon. Did he take those kids from L.A. back to? No, girl, he didn't take no kids. Mama ain't going for that. Okay. But one thing about Eamon, he could get himself a job okay he started working at a baseball stadium parking cars then he got a dishwashing job and according to his interview he was doing small jobs like this because he'd seen a lot of actors come from humble beginnings so he said you know tyler perry was homeless once bruce willis was a bartender so he felt like he was on the right track doing small gigs and betting it all on his acting career okay bro and you did your research you know you know who you talk about tyler perry bruce willis blah 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 now you're none of these people no but you were trying yes and he was still dreaming mm-hmm. keep hope alive right but unfortunately Eamon's ego always seemed to be bigger than his desire to be successful he said that the dishwasher job he had just wasn't giving he was overworked and overpaid and underpaid Overworked and underpaid and was starting to feel disrespected. People were disrespecting him at this job. Okay, so, amen. (laughs) You're not working at corporate, honey, which, trust me, we still get disrespected. Oh, all the time. You know, like, you're working at the lowest part of society's income, which Mm -hmm. sucks. Yes. And we're not saying, like, oh, just because you pay me 14 means you can treat me like crap. No. We're just saying that, like, people are going to treat you like crap wherever you go. Make your motherfucking money. And pick your battles, sir. Everything isn't worth blowing a gasket about. I hate that for black men because it's like, yes, you disrespect sucks. Mm -hmm. And in our community, you don't play that. Right. But when you're trying to, like, be successful, Mm -hmm. you have to, like you said, pick your battles overlook certain disrespect or at least figure out a healthy way to handle it exactly without blowing a gasket and (laughs) putting your your job and getting fired right he didn't go into detail about what that disrespect even looked like but it was enough to make him quit the job altogether Mm. and in 2014 he was right back to his criminal behavior he did make it clear that it's not something that he wanted to do but at 34 years old he just hadn't matured enough to not do it And he admitted that. He said that out of his mouth. So he was taking responsibility a little bit in that situation. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. And about time. (laughs) I agree. 
He also admitted that he was subconsciously mad at the society for essentially putting him in this position. Here we go. Back to the bullshit. But he knew that his end goal was still the same, to make money, get an apartment, a car, and be able to pay for his acting classes. I kind of feel for him. Sounds good. This all is from his account, just so you guys know. So he's telling us these are his goals and this is what he was working toward, but we can't really say if that's what he was doing. Right. We can just go off of what we know about him and that's pretty much it. So, yeah. (laughs) His first step, though, that he knew to get back into this robbing and thieving type of environment was to buy some guns. And once he had guns, he started robbing banks, drug dealers, uh, Brinks Banks, Brinks Bank trucks, anything you could think of. He was just a full blown menace. I was to say society. You go to robbing banks, whole banks, and drug dealers and stuff. Like you don't you, give a fuck. You don't give a damn, right? About your life. Nobody else. Maybe he was getting sick and tired of like trying to do it the right way, and it always, in his perspective, blowing up in his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the only place where he could get money and be himself. Yeah. And his violent behavior would only escalate because by September 14th, Eamon was no longer a violent thief. He was also a violent murderer. Uh-oh. So now we're about to get into the thick of it. Damn it, Eamon. Yeah. So before we get to all of the horribleness, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to add that on his Facebook page, he wrote, quote, I'm 33 now. I'm currently single. I'm just relaxing in my life nowadays cooling down calming down and collecting myself after going through all the changes and growing pains that i've been through as a younger black man i'm also getting my money right for once and for all end quote that sounds nice amen sounds real nice but just knowing what we about to walk into it is probably is it true giving right and i feel like anytime a man even puts that on a page for everyone to see he's trying he wants you to think that that's true that's not really true because people keep that type of stuff kind of closer to the chest mm-hmm. and not like on their profile when you first click on it. He reminds me of. Oh, his like how he is. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that mentality of like you're smart enough to know this is not what you should be doing, mm-hmm. but you're still letting your self-sabotage get in the way of your success. Mm-hmm. But you go make it seem like you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. But reality is, is you're competing, this, repeating the same cycle. Yeah. And just lying about. <laughs> that's what he gets stop that line if you don't want to tell the truth then don't just don't say nothing <laughs> just don't say nothing he also wrote quote so many bad actresses in my acting class in beverly hills hope to meet my future wifey lol fellas did y'all see megan good on the arsenio hall show that's my future wife okay can i vomit into the microphone <laughs> like amen okay get you some business this inflated ego is what about are you about my lunch what are you about nothing he's about nothing and we see that he was about getting some punan because he left with two kids so he probably met somebody in his acting class good lord you know with that gift of gab like he's really like making himself seem a way that mm-hmm. he is not at mm-hmm. all not giving sir not giving and in a post accompanied by one of his headshots he wrote quote it's for bad boy parts. A lot of people love it. Everybody might not be feeling it. They problem, not mine. Long as these people in Hollywood buy it and buy me and cut a check. End quote. Ugh. I'm glad he didn't have much success because that <laughs> attitude, like you have no morals. <laughs> That's what you're basically saying. I guess he just wanted to be able to really sell an image. 
He really wanted to sell an image because he thought that's the best way for him to make the money. And maybe he just took it too far. And that's what he was about at that time. Money, money, money. Mm-hmm. And one of the last pictures he ever posted, which was January 9th, 2014, had the caption, quote, killer uh-huh. under it. Okay. Yeah, which is very strange because he he wouldn't kill someone until about eight months later that we know of. So he's speaking it to existence words. or maybe he was already doing it. No, but Who words knows? have power. Yeah. And even more disturbing, he said, quote, we are all gods capable of good and evil and can do whatever we want on earth, whether it be good or evil, because that's the divine right we were given, end quote. Okay, you're doing a lot. We were given the gift of choice, okay? We have the right to choose. But to be doing all of that, you can choose good or evil. Okay, we clearly know what you're about to choose. Exactly. And it's going to get really dark. Uh Uh-oh. On September 27, 2014, 54-year-old Calvin Galston was found shot to death while he slept in a nearly abandoned strip mall in southeast Atlanta. Oh, no. Calvin was diagnosed with schizophrenia and would sometimes stop taking his medication and then like kind of wander the streets and he would end up going to sleep at the strip mall, which is what was happening at the time of his death. Calvin's family was heartbroken when they heard and said that even though Calvin would leave the house for days at a time, they always knew where he was and how to get in contact with him and had just spoken with him three days before they found out. Mm-mm-mm. Just horrible. So rest in peace, Calvin. Rest in peace, Calvin. Fast forward to November 23rd, 42-year-old Dorian Jenkins was found dead at the intersection of Cortland and Ralph McGill Boulevard. He was wrapped in blankets, and he had been shot five times at close range. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What did he do? He didn't do anything, Kristen. Dorian had gained the nickname Sidewinder or Sidewinder Mm -hmm. because he dragged his foot. I didn't get the reference. Maybe like a club foot? I thought he had a club flip maybe but i didn't get the sidewinder reference but either way dorian was literally sleeping when he was killed so you're basically taking advantage of people yeah that don't have the capability to defend themselves yes and also we can't even say it was about money it's not even like he's robbing them then killing them so they can't tell on him mm-hmm. he's just killing them straight killing them because i'm homeless like, people they have uh, no you know what money what do they really have you're robbing homeless people you're down bad <laughs> down bad as fuck or you went out there because you knew you know if i kill these people nobody's looking for them exactly dorian was said to not be the type to bother people and stayed to himself and he didn't even do drugs he was literally just living his life oh rest in peace dorian just three days later 68 year old tommy mims was found dead near a recycling center on whitehall street just three miles away from where dorian was killed he'd been shot seven times so I read that it was seven. Then on the first 48, they said it was five. But either way, it was overkill. Yeah. Amen. You're doing a lot. Why are you killing? Why are you shooting one, two, three, four, five times? Mm-hmm. You know a person is dead. Well, the most awful part about this is, one, Tommy was sleeping as well when he was shot and killed. And then when he shot him the first five times, it didn't kill him. So... His killer reloaded the gun and shot him two more times. (gasps) No. Yeah. So I also read that he was shot three times. It woke him up like he wasn't dead yet. And then he was shot two more times. But either way, he was shot two more times in his head. (sighs) Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Can you imagine being woken up because you're being shot? Yeah. 
No, I can't actually, but good God. And Eamon, I got a fucking bone to pick with you, bitch. Right. These helpless men that had nothing to do with anything that you are trying to do. They can't get you no acting classes. So what's it really giving? It's giving you're angry and you're taking it out on people. It's that simple. It's not even like you're giving, you're enjoying a chase. So you're enjoying somebody like mm. putting up a fight. Mm-hmm. You're killing them on their sleep. Yeah, it's definitely goes deeper. And we're going to hear from his own lips why he was doing this. Okay. Tommy was known as Can Man and had been homeless for almost 30 years, which was a choice According to his family, like he just liked being out there. Mm -hmm. He was said to be just like Dorian in the way that he stayed away from drugs and was just a homeless man minding his damn business. Mm -hmm. Sleeping Mm -hmm. for the night. I'm so sorry, Tommy. Me too. Tommy and Dorian's deaths triggered a bit of panic within the homeless community and officials suggested that no one travel alone Mm -hmm. and at least be in like groups of two. Okay. They also offered a $2,000 reward for information regarding Tommy's death. Okay. Which I was really happy about. I don't know if it was his family that put up the money, mm-hmm. but either way, Tommy, your life mattered enough for someone to put up money to find out what happened to you. Thank you, Tommy, because you're now affecting Dorian and then the person that he killed before that. Correct. Investigator David Quinn said, quote, right now the buddy system is key amongst our homeless brothers and sisters. We want to make sure they look out for each other. Period. Yes. And I love that. To this animal is put to death. To even know that some people are out there by choice. Yeah. Like makes me feel even more sad because it's like, leave them alone. They're mm-hmm. not even doing anything. Mm-hmm. Almost two weeks later on <clears throat> December 6th, 44 year old Karen Pierce was found shot in the chest outside of her car after leaving a girl's night with her friends in Decatur. No. Mm -hmm. she's so cute adorbs adorbs and she was like i said she was 44 she was like super young you know totally unsuspecting and he just walks up to her and takes her out i mean it's a little more complicated than that and he's gonna explain it later Mm -hmm. but it still never should have fucking happened Karen, who was known as Kiki by her friends, was working at a hair salon called True Salon at the time of her death, but she was also taking classes to become a nurse. Oh, Kiki. Her death devastated her family, and her father was quoted to have said, we have enjoyed her for 44 years, and that's all I can say. Oh, wow. Oh, it's a pain. He's upset. Yeah, that was his daughter. And she's so beautiful. And she's gone. And the thing that always makes me sick is, like, how... These people have no idea this shit's coming. Mm-hmm. She just left a great time that she probably had with her friends. And then this guy's outside waiting for her. Good Lord. And she did nothing. She don't know the dude. Nope. She don't owe the dude. Nope. And she has to die. Yep. It's horrible. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Kiki. Kiki. The police don't really know where to start when it comes to finding Eamon, finding the killer. So they decided to release more information to the public about the murder weapon. Okay. It was apparently a very unpopular gun to own, and the ammunition that it came with wasn't even manufactured anymore. Oh. Right. So they had a good idea that it would narrow down their search. Okay. Well, in a crazy case of coincidence, Eamon was arrested on December 11th, 2014, so like almost a week after killing homegirl Kiki. Mm Mm-hmm. He was arrested at the Georgia State Rail Station after he tried to get through the turnstiles without paying. Mm-hmm fucking classic and then they searched the backpack he had on him and they found a loaded revolver and a box of ammunition 
which was the exact type that the authorities were looking for. And ballistics were later able to verify that, yes, this is the gun that killed Dorian and Tommy. Good. Yes. I mean, that's so silly. You're going to fucking jail. That's how you know you just a criminal. Yeah. Because you was trying to do something so little as in like not paying. Whole time you've been killing people. Did you even think maybe I should walk straight and narrow so I don't get caught? <laughs> no. Why would he? Of course not. Why would he care? At this point, it was seeming like it was becoming compulsive for him to kill. Like, he was enjoying it. He wanted to do it. And he wasn't making a fucking penny off of it. At all. Nothing. So something snapped in him. Right. And we're going to get to it. In the first 48 episode, you can see him opening up to the investigator and letting his guard down and talks about his acting career and how he was like on ABC and how he should check him out when he leaves. Boy, bye. He also said he was going to be the next Denzel. How? He's fully delusional. Commit him just off of that statement. (laughs) You're murdering people. Where do you think you're going to you're going to go? You're going to prison. Eventually, he decided to confess to all four murders. Okay, but before we hear the confessions from Eamon's own mouth, I want to play this clip first to give you an idea of what his mindset was like right when he got arrested Mm -hmm. and while he's talking to the investigator. So I'm watching American Dad. He's supposed to be like a government person that takes people out, right? And he's just talking about murdering and killing. So I think shooting somebody in the head and ordering the pizza. It triggered something in me. Being fed all these negative forces, the media, TV, the rap music, the negative All these triggers going off in my brain, just feed, feed, feed my appetite, raw, feed my appetite, just be an outlaw, feed my appetite to just kill. I just feel like this whole world is really ran by killers. This is what I've been conditioned to do my whole life. All the drugs, alcohol, no father, the influence, the rap music, the bitches, the whole bad boy thing. This country being built on blood, the history of America, uh, just all of this just conditioned me in the wrong way, and I have never gotten past being murdered. Well, damn. Mm. I mean, he said it all. He was. He's been waiting for somebody to ask him why anything yeah he's been ready to spill all of his guts and his tea and that's what kind of like pisses me off about it because even if it's true mm-hmm. why are you it, it just still feels like it's feeding your ego somehow yeah. to even tell this truth right or making yourself an example of what's wrong with the world like and is still blaming the world for your decisions when you should be blaming yourself as well because not everybody going down the path you going down. Exactly. It almost feels like this is like his final show. Like he's like almost seeing this as his acting career. Yes. You know? Yes, Kristen. That's what actually I will comment on later. But yeah, some forensic experts and psychiatrists were like, he's acting like he's in a role. He's in a movie and completely disassociating from the fact that these are real people. And like he's just living a fantasy. Yeah. And like he's... Almost like, oh, my life is a testament to mm-hmm. what's wrong with the world. Like I said, I don't like that. Something ain't genuine about that. He's just a victim. He's just trying to play fucking victim. And I hate him. The next clip I'm going to play is him describing Calvin's death. So here we go. I look over there toward the shopping center. And I see this guy out there. The entranceway of a store that's a bank. I see that he's by himself. I don't went into this other place mentally. Mm-hmm. And my adrenaline's going, I'm outside of myself for a split second. Like, 
something in me is pushing me, like something saying, do it. You know what I'm saying? Finish it. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. He's trying to still seem like he's not as horrible as he really is. Right. But that facade starts to drop, bitch. Okay. Yeah. He admitted that he felt remorseful after the killing, but it didn't last long, which brings us to the murder of Dorian. I saw him, I was just like, somebody was going to die. And I was just a little mad and frustrated and just wanted to unleash anger, man. I was like, man, I'm doing this man a favor because human beings, we weren't meant to live like this. And I woke up, man, and I was just like getting outside of myself. You can clearly see how much he doesn't give a fuck. Talking about, oh, I did it for him Mm -hmm. because human beings shouldn't live like this. That nigga was out there doing him. Living his best life. I mean, maybe not his best life, but living a life that he... That he's living because he's alive. Exactly. (laughs) Because he had the choice bitch you don't make the choice for him who are you this man don't even know you talking about you're doing it for him no you're not you're full of crap but you see the manipulation like oh i'm doing you a favor by taking your life and then he says again i'm getting outside of myself when he's about to pull the trigger like Mm -hmm. disassociating once again from doing the act yeah hmm manipulator and even if you was disassociating it's because you knew it was wrong exactly so i don't want to hear a fucking thing you gotta say (laughs) he explains that the next day after killing dorian the remorse feeling was gone and said that quote killing a person is not no different than killing a fucking cockroach that's what he said that's what he said yes like i had a clip of it but i didn't even want to put in because i already have so many clips in here i was like i'll just tell them that this is what happened oh this is this is who he is now yes now it's showing that's why i said that facade is about to drop and fast Wow. And this is from the show Signs of a Psychopath. Uh And it was episode four, season four. So if you guys want to go watch it and get the whole shebang, you definitely can. You see how easy it is for someone to straight lie to your face? Oh, yeah. And think nothing of it? I trust no one. Kayla. I'm just saying. Now it's the night that he runs into a sleeping Tommy. Oh, no, Tommy. So I guess that bridge, maybe it's somebody down on him, it's just about killing. I walked by and he scoped him. He looked like he was sleeping. I was premeditating, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was taking the gun out. I had with both hands, I was like, boom, 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 like that. I started walking across the street and he woke up. Who woke up? He, he woke up. I heard, oh, it's like something in me. I ain't gonna be satisfied unless I know he's dead. It's almost like some say, hey. I want another score to add to my collection. And I was like, hey, man, hey, hey, you all right? I'm trying to see what he did. He's doing his thing with his mouth like a fish out of water. Now he's just going to his head. Boom! I saw that when that went in. I actually saw that open up. And when I saw that, I just got under the He's playing the role of his life. This is the role of his lifetime. And he's obsessed with explaining every single detail. Yes. And I can just say this now. The reason why he's even killing these people in so fast is because of the power aspect behind it. He feels powerful. He feels like he is the jury, the judge, and the executioner. 
And then you're going to sit there and be like, you see that you didn't kill the man. And you're going to be like, hey, man, you all right? You're the reason why he's doing this. That's fucking crazy. That shows you how low down this man really is, how in this he is and how he loves it. He fucking loves it. Oh, my God. So is this psychopath stuff? Is this sociopath stuff? This is psychopath stuff. This is psychopath stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He then said, quote, I get off on this shit, but I ain't never harming no women or no children ever. Which brings us to the murder of Karen Pierce. Uh-oh. And you murder Kiki. What you talk about? He's full of shit, but it shows you that he is, he changes what he says and what his quote-unquote beliefs are based on the situation that he's in. Based on what gets him what he wants in that moment. And he, in that moment when he saw Kiki, he just wanted to kill her. That is so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Once again, still trying to make it seem like you have boundaries and you have more. You have no moral code. No. Cut the shit. Cut the fucking bullshit. But that's a psychopath for you. That will continue to manipulate and manipulate and manipulate until they to can't the no more. Yep. Yep. Because that's all they got. You know what? I did just take them in my brother's life. I'm like, I'm going to go with a white that they took everything from us in slavery. I'm like, everything they take from me. So I'm going to start. So I'm going to take back. Lo and behold, here comes this white lady walking. She goes down that alley. And in my mind, I'm like, perfect, because she about to she see you? She saw me. When I walked in the alley, she pulls out a little knife. She was like, what do you want? That's when I pulled the gun out. I was like, lay down before I shoot you. And she's like, okay, okay. She did it to me. So I'm like, give me your wallet. She gives me the wallet. And as soon as she gives me the wallet, I just go, boom. When I hit her, and then I just heard her stop saying, oh, my God, y'all should see how he's reenacting when he goes to do the, the shot up close and personal. And he has so much force behind it. He is loving this and it is making my stomach turn. He's disgusting. It's bad, y'all. I highly suggest going to go watch that episode because it's fucking sick. And it really shows you, or shit, watch it on Patreon. Because if you're on Patreon right now, you You see see it. it. So yeah, he deserves hell. Absolute fucking hell. Ooh, that made my heart jump. Mm -hmm. Because that's the first time I'm like really looking at him like, oh, he's loving this. Yep. He said after he killed Karen, he felt that he needed to stop killing and wanted to go back to pursuing his career as an actor. So delusional. And he's saying it like it's just so, mm-hmm. it ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. And this damn victim mentality. It comes up again when he's like, shit, every bit, everything been taken from me. Mm-hmm. Like, Isn't that sick? Ugh, that's Targeting what... her, you're tar- using your frustration about slavery to target a random white woman. That's how you know he's grasping at straws. This man doesn't mean a fucking thing he says. He's just doing shit absolutely and y'all we have to stop with that victim mentality ass stuff because mm-hmm. look what it's causing people to do mm-hmm. you start growing bitter hateful mm-hmm. it's a lot it's a lot so clearly as we can see he has admitted to killing four people and in an effort to avoid the death sentence he decided to first plead guilty to the murders of calvin and karen okay. and in exchange for his guilty plea he didn't have to face the death penalty because he's scared okay but when it came to Tommy and Dorian's murder, Eamon first agreed to the same plea deal that he got. But this time he decided to get in court and play in everyone's faces and revoke his decision to plead. You see, it's all a game for him. Oh, yeah. Kristen, he had the audacity to ask 
I'm getting hot, bitch. I'm about to take this jacket off. Quote, could I be found not guilty by reason of insanity? Because what I did was insane. Insanity at its best. Nigga, shut up. You didn't even, did you even consult this with your lawyer before you spewed this out of your mouth? He was writing letters for weeks trying to ask, like, you know, is it possible for me to get away with an insanity plea? I mean, his manipulation has no fucking bounds. I'm sick of him. Yep. Lock him up. Yep. The prosecution upheld the agreement for 30 days and basically said that if he didn't take it, they would take the case to trial and he would 100% be facing the death penalty. So at this point, he was already serving two life sentences for Calvin and Karen, but was trying to weasel out for Tommy and Dorian. Ooh, this just brought up a really good question because let's say he is a psychopath, which Mm -hmm. is a mental health issue. Mm. I still wouldn't consider him insane because he knows exactly what he's doing. Yes. So I think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice. It's a different (laughs) result. Just kidding. But (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the official DSM book definition of insane, but Eamon wasn't. No. He wasn't. He's aware. Right. Completely aware of what the fuck he's doing. And you want to know what's something else disgusting that he said in front of the victim's family? Quote, I thought that maybe he would be in a better place than to be homeless or on drugs. Bitch, they would still be pulling me off of him. Calvin's family was going the fuck off about his ass. Like Calvin's sister, Patricia, she said, quote, he's a punk coward. Yeah. I hope and pray to God that when he gets in jail, someone will find him and kill him too. Oh, shit. This guy preyed on him and he probably did the same thing to the other victims. And I think that he should be prosecuted, stuck in the arm and buried. Oh, she wasn't fucking played at all. Don't play on my face in this court. Her brother Calvin talk about he's in a better place. Who made you God to even decide where he was, where he should go? Exactly. Decide where he deserved to be. Wow. And. Calvin's brother said that it took everything in his bones not to get out of his seat and attack Eamon. I would have tried. I would have done it. Some of the last words Eamon said at his sentencing were the following. But I am not a serial killer. I'm a brother and had some real serious issues and problems who did some things that I am not proud of. I believe nothing. I don't believe a single word he said. He proud. This was the final ending to his movie, and he didn't want it to be over. Mm-hmm. He also said, quote, I just want my daughter and especially my two boys to know what taking responsibility for your actions truly is and truly means. My apologies to you all. Ciao. To hell with you. You are completely full of it. You wasn't thinking about them kids. Mm-mm. Or them families. Or nothing like that. You was feeling yourself. Fuck if you feeling me. And now you're in jail. And that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Eamon is now 42 years old and is currently serving his life sentence at the Telfair State Prison in McRae, Helena, Georgia. Mm, well. Good riddance. Good riddance, Eamon. You got what you deserved in this, in this respect. And that's why I feel like we could never interview murderers because i just don't have the decorum to sit there and be cordial or or acting like you didn't do what you did yeah that will be really hard for me so shout out to you phil for interviewing him so we got all the information about his childhood because it wasn't really anywhere else yeah and thank you guys for listening let us know what you thought about this fucking monster 
happy birthday to me, I guess. <laughs> and rest in peace to the, the victim case. And absolutely rest in peace to the victims and our prayers go out to their families because they're still alive and kicking and suffering yeah. because of this asshole. So let and us know what y'all think. Let us know what y'all think. Don't <laughs> let people play you. Don't let people mm-hmm. make you feel like you're boo boo the fool. Mm-hmm. People are really good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before we go, as you know, as always, be, be safe. safe. Protect, protect your peace and protect, protect your space. space. So, so we don't have, have to, to cover your case, case friend. Period. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.